0: Hello and welcome to the See Podcast with me, Phil. Some of us rewatch Doctor Who serials in their entirety as a particular story can sometimes remind us of a particular point in our lives. But more often than not, it's a certain episode within that story that can trigger those memories, be they happy or sad, good or bad. So in this occasional series of audio commentaries, I invite a special guest to select a single episode of a Doctor Who story and come and chat their way through their episode of choice and the memories that it evokes. My guest this episode is a returning guest of the show, actually, and uh, also, I'll say, a friend of the show as well. One of the hosts of the Proctor Who podcast, Trek This Out podcast and Take Your Seats podcast, it's Suki Kark. Welcome back, Suki. Hello. Do you know Hello. something? Before you carry on, have I actually been on Hoosie? You have. When was you I on Hoosie? Yeah, you did a, a companion special. Um, of course I did. About a year or so ago. Yes, I did. Yes, you Oh, picked, you've got a good um, memory you have. Oh, what was his name? What Stephen his Taylor. Name? Stephen Taylor, that's it. Well done. Well
1: done. <laughs> I'd forgot all about that, Phil. That was a, it was a long time ago yes. now, you... Suki. <laughs> but I... Uh, it was a while. It was a while ago, yeah. No, I, but we've had you on our podcast, which is the other one that uh, you didn't mention there, which is uh, Trek this out. Uh, oh no, I, you... I did.
0: I did mention Trek this out. I did. did all, you all three seats. Take, your, seat. yes. Take, oh, Take
1: your seats. check this out and So even I forget these sort of things. <laughs> the old man in me is just
0: forgetting everything these days. Oh, so how is it working on three podcasts? You might kind of have a lot of spare time, uh, to be honest.
1: It's usually okay, but then when you get uh, people changing and deciding then what they're, they're going to leave, they're going to come back, and then episodes are finishing, series are finishing. It just gets a bit jumbled up, and, and most of the time <laughs> it's okay. You can schedule things around most people, and then you get the odd occasion where you go, just throw it out the window. We'll come back next week and do it again. <laughs> Funny games, so, you know how it is. Funny games. Oh, I know it is. I
0: know exactly how it is. So um, now, obviously, you're here to do a, a commentary. On an episode you've selected um, to, to talk through, because it has a like a brings back sort of memories for you, or a special meaning for you. So, can you just let everybody know which episode you've selected to uh, do a commentary on today?
1: I've selected the very first episode of Robots of Death, the Tom Baker story with Louise Jameson as Leela. And I am looking forward to this. The reason I've picked it as well yeah. is because it's one of the very first uh, stories I ever had on VHS. And So I'd, I'd watch this a lot. It'd just be I'd wind my uh, my siblings up because I'd be there watching this story, and I think Death to the Daleks, and another what Seeds of Death, and so oh, yeah. I'll be there watching these stories all the while, and my, my siblings would just get wound up because they wanted to watch their stuff, and I wouldn't let it because I was the eldest. <laughs> oh,
0: fair enough. Yeah, you pulled rank, in other words. Is what you yes, said.
1: <laughs> I'd just go, Mum, I want to watch this, and she'd go, Okay, darling.
0: <laughs> well, good. Let's hope we get no interruptions today because obviously um, we're going to be pressing play in, in, in a moment. But obviously, people at home, um, if you want to listen along with us, um, get your DVDs or your or your MP4s or whatever you how you choose to watch this. Get them at the ready because we're we're going to be firing this up fairly soon, aren't we, Suki? So, uh, so yes. are you ready, your side?
1: I am ready, willing, able.
0: Excellent stuff. So I'm ready here as well. So if you're ready at home, everybody, we're going to press play in five, four, three, two, one, and play. And off we go. We've
1: got the TARDIS coming in there, time tunnel thing, this.
0: Yes, my my favourite ever Doctor Who titles,
1: the Tom Baker era. Yes, it does bring back so many lovely memories. And the young looking Tom Baker just appears there. (laughs) <laughs> compared to his one that he had in his final season. He oh, I know. Really He'll old in w- that room. A lot older there, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Robert Downs, Chris Moucher, part one.
0: Let's go. Let's go. Here we are. Here we are. Some great mother work here, I think.
1: Ooh, somebody used a green lamp somewhere. With
0: it's the... just that little attention to details. detail as the camera passes... By there, you get the rocks falling down.
1: Yes, that's a good thing. That was the smoky effect. And yeah. doesn't that sand crawler look really, really magnificent?
0: It does, it really does. Because they were trying to go for that um, art deco <laughs> look, weren't they? For the uh, for the for, for the for these uh, sand crawlers, whatever you want to call it, but um. It looks lovely. Plus the fact as well, it's it's done on film, um, which always makes it look that little bit better.
1: And somehow. that's a great little shot as well. That little inset there of the the inside of the uh, the control room onto the side yeah. of the uh, the model. That was a great little shot. And these don't these uh, robots look great? Green, all green. Fan-
0: fantastic, aren't they?
1: Yeah. And then you have got the lazy people just sitting around, wh- wh- being waited on hand and foot. <laughs> A... I love
0: this idea. It's, it's a mining. It's like a mining ship, but they're just like absolutely sort of totally decadent, aren't
1: they? So... Well, I'd have thought they would have been on the go all the way. I mean, the mining ship you can see is actually running and doing stuff. So if it's been run by robots, why do they need a crew?
0: I know exactly. Exactly.
1: I do like the uh, the little makeup they've got on each of their all their faces.
0: This whole fair idea about, the you know, people wear makeup in the future. I mean, who who knows? You know, that, that may may well happen. It's the thing.
1: Now, did you ever used to watch uh, Russell, uh, I don't know what his name is now, but the uh, the commander there, right, in uh, his other show?
0: Um,
1: Cal- Callan. Callan.
0: Yeah, I, I was a bit too young to remember. Obviously, it started in the 60s. That was sort of before I was born. And I think when it... It finished. I was too young to remember it as well, but um, I remember the the, uh, the reruns on Channel Four in the eighties.
1: Right. No, I never used to watch it myself, but I was I was always told he was like a big star, right? And uh, yeah. I didn't I didn't know it was that uh, that stuff from that show. You just saw David Collins there in the background, just walking by, and I thought he was he was great. But I'd only used to remember him from Sapphire and Steel because when he used to play Silver. That's
0: correct. Yes.
1: And uh, Blimey, yeah. he's
0: been in a... He's at, well, actually, the other Doctor episodes, he was in, um, oh...
1: Mordred Undead.
0: Mordred Undead, and wasn't he in um, Revenge of the Cybermen? I think he might be under one of the Vogons, I think. Oh, I'll
1: have to take your word for that. I can't remember. But I did like the, uh, the computer graphics on the back of the wall. Did you see that?
0: <laughs> it meant nothing. <laughs> no, it did absolutely,
1: absolutely nothing. Oh, the lovely Louise Jameson. And a yo-yo. <laughs> and the old console room as well.
0: Yeah, I love this secondary console room. I, I think it looks great.
1: Tom Baker's hair looks lovely and boo-funny. <laughs> Just massive. It's huge.
0: It's Absolutely f- huge.
1: Magic, Leela. Magic. This, so is, I, I, this I, is this gonna was... be the explanation with the uh, the with the, uh, the how, how big is the TARDIS
0: this might be the episode actually. I can oh, see it a, is. I think I can see a cube in the background there. All right. Oh, I do hope so. It's a lovely little scene.
1: <laughs> did you Yeah, here we go. This is the one. Here it is. Did you ever understand it though? <laughs> no. How do <No? laughs> <laughs> you get that box there to this box there and it just starts me the same thing? Oh, just strange. But it's fantastic. It is great. It is.
0: I just like the way they're just trying to explain it to kids. It's almost like Father Ted. Those, these, these cows are close. Those cows are far away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just watched an episode of Father Ted at Christmas. The one in the laundry.
0: Oh, yes. Lovely. Oh, that's brilliant, that one. Absolutely brilliant. I just have a response. That's silly.
1: <laughs> brilliant. They're landing. landing in that. Soil. So I've I've got quite vivid memories of watching this what, um, on original when, when
0: show. The, the, this this particular story because um, I don't think it was this particular episode as such. Um, but I do remember being over at my nans because my mum used to work in a um, like a, a kids' school uniform shop in uh, Bromley on, on a Saturday. She's had it like a Saturday job. So now and again, um, when the dad used to go and pick her up. Um, with us after work, we go over to my nan and granddad's um, over in Hayes, and this was always on the telly. And I remember, I clearly remember watching this, this story um, over there. It wasn't this episode though, I think it was like episode three or four, actually. But uh, yeah, I've got sort of very, very fond memories of this one. I really have.
1: Has she just picked up a gun? She, she has. has. Ooh. So this is the second story, isn't it? Straight after Face of Evil*. Yes, it is. Right, so she's still uh... still learning, isn't she? Yes, yeah. still learning. Oh, I love but... that set. Oh, oh yes, see that's a great shot. The TARDIS is looking a bit battered, though. <laughs> look, look, you see the chips of paint have all come off. As it should be. Well, <laughs> <laughs> looks of it, it looks like there's about half a dozen coats um... Coats on there. Have they left the door open? They've left the door
0: open. They have. I'm trying to think though if they try because obviously the police boxes are actually made of concrete. They weren't. They weren't made of wood. So I'm just trying to think that the the multiple coats of paint were trying to make it look a bit concrete like or not.
1: Oh uh, the the headset. He's just gone on. Is that supposed to be? He's the 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 captain's equivalent. You know, I, I, I think am the must captain. Be,
0: actually, I'm the. I'll get the biggest <laughs> the biggest hat. <laughs> that one that Pamela Salem's wearing is. Uh, that's like predating punk, and not it?
1: <laughs> but that, that looks like something out of Mad Max. It does, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Do you
0: remember that other programme that uh, Pamela Salem was in? Um, Into the Labyrinth? Yes.
1: The, which was came in Ron- after Ron Moody had left.
0: No, I think she was the bad guy um, during Ron Moody's time. Then Ron Moody left and another guy took over, Chris Harris. Not, not to confuse the guy who was on Top Gear. Yeah. Um, but... Um, yeah, and it sort of ended after that, but she was—I just knew there was a as the bad person, not as a not as a good guy.
1: See, I remember in this one, then she came back years later in the um Resurrection of the Daleks. Yes, and uh, I saw her in that, and uh, I I just thinking, oh, that's Pamela Island twos, right? And uh, just a totally different character from where she was oh, from yeah. there, but I can't remember her from anything else. See, into the labyrinth. I might have watched on the odd occasion, but it might have been the Ron Moody era. As she says, the Ron Moody era, but she might have ever stood out as much.
0: No. Well, of course, she also played um, Money Penny in Never Say Never Again. I have never seen that film.
1: Not properly. You, you're not missing much. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Here comes the first death. Red Eyes. Yes. I, is that is confident these robots are going to just do what they say? And you know you, you electronic moron, he calls you.
0: Just the whole thing—that was Asimov's, Laws of Robotics, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, and that's the, the shot there of the robot advancing with the red eyes. So many times i has been used in so many clips over the years. You know of all the Doctor Who monsters that have been.
0: Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, they always yeah. sort of use that as a, as a reference point, did not they?
1: Yeah. David Collins, oh these these set these corridors look great as well. And you've got an Indian character actor here as well. I know
0: that was really, really um I say out of the ordinary for the for 1970s television. And well, also sort of to, to, to play sort of a member of the of the crew because I think the only other Asian people I probably saw on television Suki was probably in the things that ain't our Fot Mum. You
1: know? <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's uh, where we we watch it. And we mind your language, which was oh, sort of oh, this gosh, sort of yeah. era, this area as well. Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly uh, progressive, but no, it's. <laughs> <laughs> but my dad, I'll tell you something. My dad used to enjoy them right, because they did have people on the telly. It might not have been good uh, parts or good roles. It's just the fact that he saw people of his uh, his race on the telly like so. He yeah, did so, enjoy them. yeah. Oh, there's a a black black robot in the background. That's the first one I seen, I think. They've all been green so far.
0: Yeah, they've all been like that's that isn't the that box. the uh that's a fantastic model shot there lifting up the TARDIS <laughs> in that grabber. That's brilliant. Even with the light shining through there as well. It's um people do tend to slag off the, the, the special effects of you know of of Doctor Who, but that looked really
1: good. Oh yes, it did. But this oh do you know what that just reminded me of canine? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it just looked a similar looking shape to canine. Now what's
0: what's your opinion on because obviously canine, this is this is the, the sort of the days before canine. What was what was your opinion of canine back then?
1: Back then, I mean back then I really didn't used to watch this show. I didn't start watching it until Dave Peter Davison came along properly. Oh right, okay. Right, and uh, but canine in the books, because I used to read the books before I started watching Peter Davison. Yeah. He, he was just this little fun character that was going around, and I didn't mind him. Uh, and then the first proper canine would have been Canine and Company. Again, as an 11-year-old, it's just it's a fun story. You just don't care. Right? Uh, you just let it wash over you. And years yeah, later, you just a... think, oh, maybe it could have been served better. Yeah, maybe, maybe.
0: No, I was as a kid it, it's I think it was great. It was it well plus for me it was another toy to you know want for Christmas or birthdays, you know, to have a have so canine toy. I did have the um the the Tom Baker figure, um, which I I lost my mum threw it out oh, years t- and years ago. And then about about um not long after I got um I got married, um uh, my wife she Tracked one down on eBay for me, yeah, and re-rebought it. So I still got my toy with all with the sonic screwdriver, the 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 the, the, uh, the scarf, the hat, everything, a complete set. It's actually from Italy, so it's in its original box, but instead it's got Italian writing on it.
1: All right, instead, I yeah. So it was an international market for these uh, toys in the back. Oh there, God,
0: like? yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, this is a good little uh, shot as well of the yeah, uh the sa- early,
0: it, it is. I mean, for early CSO. You can barely see the outline yeah. there, which proves they, did, they got the lighting just about right there.
1: Another one of these shots has probably been used so many times there of Tom Baker staring right at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> they, they must have filmed loads of footage of that uh, model.
0: Oh, they must have done. It looked great, though. That's the thing. So what was it about this episode in particular that you came back to watch it over and over again? It was, it, as I say, apart from just having it, there's only one you had on VHS.
1: <laughs> well, that's it, Phil. No, I only had got three stories at the time, right? And this was one of them, right? So you'd be constantly watching this all the while. Um, I mean, I'd, out of all of them, I'd have watched seeds of the Pat Tratten story, seeds of death, more than I would have watched this. Yeah. Right, and um, but. This this one was a uh, a favorite because it was also quite quick to watch. It was only four episodes long.
0: I think that was that was the one of the things about the Tom Baker era because by then you stopped getting all the the six seven episode stories. Um, Okay, I, think, I think Jason Daleks was a six-episode story, though, wasn't yes. it? I've got
1: a, yeah. But that was a funny season. That was a funny season anyway, because he had two-part stories in there, six-part stories and so on. So that, yeah. Tom Baker's first season was just a bit strange. And then it, I think it settled into, uh, from that season on, was four-part stories and then a six-part finale for the next yeah, few cause years.
0: You, yeah, because this was sort of, you know, the, the Hinchcliffe era we're, we're well and truly into now. Obviously, Tom Baker's first season... Yeah, it was Hinchcliffe, but all the scripts have been commissioned by Barry Letts and Terence Dix. So they, they weren't they weren't Flute Hinchcliffe's choice
1: as such. Oh, there's D84. There he is. Oh, that's a cover of the um, the Target book.
0: Is it? I, I can't th- remember. I'm, I'm pretty sure
1: that is a cover of the Target book. Just the D84 confronting uh, Tom Baker. They've got, all the th- got lovely costumes on here, colourful costumes.
0: I think the costumes are fantastic. You do think they look ridiculous, but then you think, well, are no, they meant to be, you know, so sort of decadent and sort of just lounging around? You can imagine that's the sort of thing you'd wear in, in the future, of course.
1: But they're not very practical, though, is they? If they're supposed they're to be, not. On, no. If they're supposed <laughs> to be on this mining ship, where they suddenly have to, if they suddenly uh, strike a, a rich vein or something, they've got to. Rushing to uh, action straight away, but they're, they're sitting in these sort of lavish clothes, just waiting for things to happen. <laughs> Brian Croucher. Brian Croucher. Yes, it is. Yes, yes. I remember him from Blake Seven many a uh, couple of years later. Oh yeah, the uh, I said the second Travis. Second Travis. He always played a heavy though. I think
0: the only time, he, the thing is that he did appear in a couple of um comedy things as well because particularly with Rick Mail and Aide Edmondson. Oh right. he, he was in an episode of Foover and Cat Flat where he played the um, the owner of a gay a gay pub who throws out Richie and Eddie yeah. um, for, for being offensive basically. Um, and then he appeared again in bottom as the owner of a pawn shop. Um, but he had, but he had these great big sort of thick um, beer bottle lens glasses on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh sorry. I am listening to him, but I've just seen a clip of Pamela Two's just walking up and down. And yeah. she's got like this centrepiece just across her chest. But if you look it's sideways on, I'm oh, sorry about this, but she, it looks like she, her nipples are rather protruding. <laughs> right, so yeah, uh, and then she's done it twice. And I think, oh dear.
0: Oh, I, 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 I can't rewind it to watch no, it. Yeah, no, can,
1: you can't rewind. This will just be for those people who are listening to the podcast and they can just go, oh, let's have a quick rewind of this. So, have a quick rewind of that. Oh, dear. Bring the town down. Sorry, mate. That's all right.
0: That's what countries are all about. <laughs> <laughs> You've
1: got the crew. Uh, how do they go around choosing a crew which seem to argue with each other as well? I mean, it's all supposed to get along... They're supposed to be able to uh, work together as a team, but they seem to spend a lot of their time bickering. Well
0: is is it's your typical sort of murder mystery setup, isn't it? That Agatha Christie thing. They've all got they've all got motives.
1: See how many uh I'm look, looking at this season series now, uh this scene, and you've yeah. got about seven seven robots, six with the one the the uh, for the Vox, and then you've got this super Vox here. Yeah, and then you got the D eighty four is with the black black one, right? So there must have oh, there's two black ones. So there must have been like at least at least ten or eleven 50 models made with the heads and suits for there's, all these uh, robots. Walking exactly. Back.
0: There's not a lot of reusing the same sort of costumes or the same extras keep walking backwards and forwards. You can tell they've actually sort of spent quite a bit of money or reproduce those Vok Robot costumes. Can you see his neck? You can see his neck there, unfortunately, <laughs> yes.
1: yeah. That's a shame, but it does look... You've still, you you still got to be impressed with the design and the look of
0: them. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you think, you know, they did this with, you know... Next to, to no money, not a lot of time either... To, to put these things together. And I think it's amazing that she managed to you know get the show out anyway, to be honest with you. It was um an incredible feat.
1: Yeah, but wasn't this is still Philip Inchcliffe era? It is, yeah. Right, so his era was quite they were okay, I think, with the budgets of that era. It's just in the Graham Williams era where the money started getting tight. So I'd say this this is quite um this it looks really good for the money spent on it.
0: I think the other thing as well, it's also you know, Hinchcliffe I think was quite a strong producer who had a very, very firm hand on everything was was I think Graham Williams probably wasn't because that's when Tom Baker was given free reign. I mean, this is a what you see in here now, this is the golden era of Tom Baker really, isn't it?
1: Yes. It is. Not that I mind him
0: being sort of the flippant, comical doctor, but it was a bit too much, if you see what I mean.
1: Yes, I, I prefer, I do prefer Tom's early years, yeah, to his middle years, where, where he be, did become too comic. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this is as you said, this is the highlight. This is like the best of him. This, yeah, I could say, uh,
0: yeah, say his final season. It had of almost sort of sort of so melancholy, wasn't it? It was um a sort of funereal air to it.
1: Yeah. Well, we had to do Keeper of Trockin for the podcast, and that was the first time I've seen that final season for oh, nearly twenty-odd right. years. Crikey. Again,
0: again, it's again, it's it's a different Tom Baker again, isn't it? Yeah. That's what you were going to say. Yeah, I was just
1: going to say the shot there. It's an overhead shot of all the people sitting down, all round, and it looks really good. I mean, whoever the director was, I can't remember who the director is. I think this out.
0: one's Michael E. Bryan, and he was one of the the more sort of progressive directors.
1: But he, he's taking he's taking these shots, which are sort of different from what you usually see in these uh, studio based stories, which, which is always side on look. Again, look at that. Yeah, yeah. straight up from above.
0: Because usually it's 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 on the level, you, or you get a tight close up of two maybe two characters. But this it's spread out nicely. Do you, you think
1: know, them, Do you think themselves was from DFS? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, if some are surprised, they got delivered on time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> different era than Diceville, Different era.
0: Exactly. Or oh, back then, mate, would have been MFI, wouldn't it?
1: <laughs> Probably, yeah, it would have been. Now, you've watched this a number of times. Mm. Now, you know we know who the bad guy is. Do, should we spoil it?
0: Go and spoil it, yeah. Okay, okay. so we, is,
1: we like. all know it's uh, the character there at the be- Behind Twos. Uh, yeah. Uh, Taron Capel. Uh, yeah. T- but did you, as you're watching this, did you have any inkling as to who it could have been? I've got to
0: admit, no. It did seem to come out of nowhere to a certain degree.
1: <laughs> yeah, this the same with me. I had no idea who who it would have been. They even they even had that shot of a, like a negative effect that they had when he was speaking to a camera, and I still didn't know who yeah. it was because I kept thinking it was um, David Collins' character.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's the thing. It, it they sort of again it's that laying oh, red herring oh, after red herring,
1: but that's a good shot as well. Yeah, it's another one of them inset shots of the model and uh, something that they just stick in, in in the gap.
0: Yeah, bit of CSO work. I don't know if that one was CSO because sometimes they do it sort of um, like the false uh, perspective, don't they? Sometimes. Oh, that looks that's terrible. De- that's definitely CSO because yeah. that was wobbling. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. That is. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, Leela's walked off again. Left him. She was As always. A, she was a much better. Well, not exactly much better. She was a lot better than some of the companions. And then she had her own little storylines because she would, could do her own little things, whereas most of the others would follow, follow the doctor around.
0: Exactly, and then,
1: and then get into over trouble or whatever. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now again, we got a little little swap over to film here.
1: Right. Again, oh, yes. it's
0: great. He's got that over the top shot. Overhead shot is great.
1: Who's that now?
0: Oh, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't quite see who that character was. Yeah, there, I, I just
1: I, couldn't, I didn't know who that was. Because she's uh find somebody lying on um, the one that was killed earlier on in the episode. Yeah, I
0: couldn't. I couldn't see who that um, who that was.
1: So that's another character. Unless
0: that that was someone who was killed off earlier, off camera, we didn't see, didn't get to meet them.
1: Oh, is this the death of Doctor Who? Dun dun dun!
0: Oh, that's—he's it definitely dead. So he's not coming back. That's it. (laughs) That's it. Don't
1: spoil it for me, man. (laughs) How dare you?
0: Oh, there we go. That—that was a—that was a quick twenty-three minutes, (laughs) (laughs) mate.
1: That's all. I enjoyed that.
0: I enjoyed that. I feel like we want to
1: carry on watching.
0: Oh dear, maybe maybe one day, mate, we'll we'll do a we'll do a full commentary for Roberts of Death*, and we'll get you back on again.
1: Oh, good lad, good lad, I'll be Definitely. here waiting.
0: That's what? a good one. That is a good one. That was a good choice, Suki, and um, <laughs> I think sort of the, the memories it sort of brings back as well. Just sort of just for annoying your family, I and mean,
1: that, for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Robert Elms script editor. That's oh, why yeah. it's a class one.
0: That is. That's a def- as I say, this is the golden era of Doctor Who. and Philip Hinchcliffe as well. And, uh, yeah, Michael E. Bright. there you go. My memory served me right there. So, nice. I say, because neither of us pr- actually prepared for this, did we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I better but switch mate, it off, because I'm going straight on to the next episode. Straight on to the next episode. Yeah, as I say, when neither us made any notes on this, we'll try and do it all from memory. I think we did rather well there, actually.
1: I think <laughs> you did rather well there, Phil. I just blundered along.
0: <laughs> I think that's the thing. It's, um, obviously, for sort of... People like us who sort of grew up in the seventies—that was the, you know, that that was the the golden time for Doctor Who, and it, it really was the show to watch. Then it, it was the same when it, the show got relaunched. Not so much now. I think that the, the the luster has worn off, like it did for us in the eighties as well. To yes. be honest, I think it every show like this it has its eb- ebbs and flows, doesn't it?
1: Well, you, you look at it now. We're fifteen years in from the uh, the relaunch, right? Fifteen years in from. This sort of reel uh, from uh, the original series yeah. start is '78, which is Graham Williams era. And I know we had high ratings, but that was also down to due to strikes and stuff like that. But the storyline stories uh, story were sort of declining as well. Yeah, right. But yeah, if they change it again, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, that's it. Because I know we've, um, around right about the time we're recording, which is early January, we've got the whole rumours of, um, sort of Jody Whittaker is. Could be leaving at the end of the next series. Um, hasn't been confirmed by the BBC, um, but then again, they haven't denied it either, which is a bit strange.
1: See, this is what I don't understand with the Beeb. That if they've got a story, if they've got something that's leaking out of their centre, their their studios right now, they should be on top of it. And as I, I think yeah. somebody else has mentioned, if it had been like a J and T era, J and T would have been like, this is our narrative. This is the way it should be done. This is what they should be doing. They should be saying, okay, if she is going, prepare for it. Make sure you tell it your way. And not let you know everybody there speculate this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Just go out and say, look, yeah, this is the end of it. She is regenerating. She's not or she's not leaving. This she has got another year after this.
0: Yeah. I think that's the it's, it's interesting you mentioned J&T there, because I, I didn't go much on him as a as a producer. Of the show, but when it comes to generating publicity for Doctor Who, he was at the top of his game. He yeah. really was, and I think and, and and Chris Chibnall was the polar opposite. Um, I understand he doesn't want to give anything away; doesn't give away any spoilers, which is great because I'm, I'm totally on board with that. But there's almost no publicity at oh. all for Doctor, even when you've got a new series coming out. It, it's, it's
1: it's minimal, so minimal. See, I I don't mind publicity. In that, yeah. if it doesn't spoil anything. So if you yeah. you announce say John Bishop as you've just done now, right? It's great. You don't know who his character is, apart from him called Dan. That's it. You know that's, that's it. That's all you know. If you go around yeah. and announce say last say um, for the Chris uh, the New Year special just got you announce yeah. uh, Chris Noth and John Barrowman. great. Get them out there in the publicity, but don't go around telling anything about the story you sat and yeah. do someone on Harriet Walker dog around announcing anything on, uh, about her character or anything but you get her out there publicising it it's great it just builds up people aware, people's awareness of the show but if the dog around right. doing things like that you 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 just get people thinking oh is it on did he come on was it a Christmas day special was it a New Year's day special I don't know I might have missed it I might have to go back on BBC iPlayer I have I got time to go back on BBC iPlayer do we really want to look search for it? It just gets. I can understand why some people just. Oh.
0: Go yeah, on. I know. It's, and I think that's the thing. It's, it, I think the modern iteration of Doctor Who Now sort of passed its peak to a a, a certain degree. I, I feel. Um, I know there's other people who would totally disagree with me. They say that the the viewing figures are, are, are better than they ever have been. But if you compare it to other shows, the viewing figures are down across the board. So um, yeah, it's it's fairly healthy in comparison or aligned with other shows as well. You know, it's it's no better or worse than anything else that's on telly at the moment. Um, But I think for the, the buzz, there's no buzz around it anymore. And I think that's the, that's the, that's That's, the thing now. No one's talking about it anymore. I mean, um, 2006, when you had Daleks fighting Sidemen at the end of David Tennant's um, first season, Um, there were kids in the street playing it. And um, I haven't seen that since I was a kid. You know, so that's it. That there was there was buzz. Kids were back out playing it in the streets again, and that's now kind of died off. And it happens with everything. Popularity wanes, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, popularity wanes. It does. I know what you're saying. The the when the relaunch happened, new who started, it it came and it just exploded. People were yeah. watching it from series one, to, end of series one, two onwards. There were just loads of people watching him. And then, of course, you started to expand the universe with Sarah Jane, Torchwood. You had uh, Confidential being released. You had all this sort of stuff, behind-the-scenes stuff, being shown on various channels, the spin-offs. Then you had all the merchandise going out there. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. So so many merchandise. So you'd be walking into a shop, right, beat someone like Home Bargains or... Uh, Tesco or Sainsbury's or whatever there was Doctor Who merchandise there you'd walk into Boots, there might be flipping Doctor Who shampoo there Right, again, it's all there it was all there for people to uh, be able to pick up and go, oh, Doctor Who, Doctor Who Doctor Who yeah. but now, it's sort of gone the other way where it's just the main show and I think to keep the show in the public eye you need to have all these backup things behind it And I know they've brought out Time Lord Victorious, they've brought out the Dalek thing, they're going on about uh, games and stuff, but it's not on the mainstream telly. It's not on uh, 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 the BBC channels like CBBC or BBC3, where BBC1 will then go, oh, you can watch this, it's on BBC3 right now, or you can watch this, it's on CBBC. That way you get the added uh publicity that way but these sort of things are, aren't happening at all at the moment so nobody there's no generate there's no publicity for the show whenever the show is not on the air you, so yeah
0: i know that's I know, I know exactly what you mean i know the, as you say you've got the tunnel victorious thing i haven't managed to catch up that because it's, it's on so many different media platforms um i for me now that's just too tiresome to be honest I, I don't want to be buying sort of you know you know. Oh, this bit might be on YouTube that might be coming to form for book that's going to release an LP that's going to be an MP3 that's a CD um, it's just I can't be bothered with it to be honest so, I, <laughs> I just, just want it
1: to be nice and simple <laughs> I just don't understand what the link is between the, all these different sort of platforms are I mean I know it says Time of Victorious I've watched um, three episodes no two two episodes of Daleks but and I, there's nothing in there that would make me think, oh, that's going to make me go, maybe go buy the comic to find out what's going on in there, or maybe go buy the book, see if there's a link there, or listen to one of the audios. But yeah. this, there doesn't seem to be any arc. They're saying there is, but I just I can't see it myself. But that's only me just watching two episodes of The Darlings, which is... Uh, yeah, that's insane. it, that's it. If yeah, I got- maybe... If sorry, if I maybe was invested in it, right uh, to a big degree, then maybe I would go around searching for some of these other things, and seeing what you know, maybe give me a, a bigger picture of what's going on. But yeah. if one thing doesn't interest me, I might not go around searching for another thing or for another thing or so on. Go on, Phil. Sorry.
0: No, I was going. No, I was just going to say it's the. Um, I, I think it's a bit of a, a, a tenuous way of sort of trying to. A generate revenue out of, out of Doctor Who to a certain degree um, and also to sort of keep it in the public eye. And I think that the, the problem is when it was like the David Tennant era, they went absolutely crazy with the merchandising because it was wildly popular and, and released all those different like character options, did all the 5.5-inch the, the, uh, the, the figures from the new series, the old series, um, stuff... You know, you wouldn't think, you know, a, you know, a drashic uh, glove puppet for argument's sake, you know, things like that. Um, but it was all too much too soon and now they've just, the well's gone dry, mm. basically, and that's it. And now all, you, all you're getting now is the, the B&M exclusive, which I think is still great. Um, I've sort of partaken a few of them myself, actually, to add to my uh, figure collection. But the it's just that whole thing that it's just... It was too much too soon. Yeah. And now they've sort of, sort of spreading it out a little bit.
1: No, no. I, no. I don't think it was too much too soon. I think it was fantastic for that time. What they should have yeah. done was try to keep it at the same sort of level, but try, uh, not try and keep going over the same sort of thing. right? So, like, you're bringing out the action figures, not them on the head for this time, right, but concentrate on the books or the magazines, And then once that sort of uh, starts to look like it, then go back to the action figures, start bringing them out. Then uh, if they start to go back to the books, I mean, the books are dried up. They used to release three or four books. Yeah. Three to six books a a year. But now you're lucky if you get one. Right, And even them are mostly like um, Scratchman or the Target, Target Storybook, and that's it.
0: That's it, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just gone. I think the bubble has just has kind of burst, or it's deflating slowly. It's
1: deflated. It's not burst <laughs> because the fandom is still there that will buy it. Oh but God, yeah. If you're not giving them the stuff that they want, they're not going to go out to get it.
0: No, that's it. That's it. So, oh well, we've we've uh, we've <laughs> no, we've done a commentary. Uh, so we've actually sort of tried to put the world to rights as well. <laughs> Have we? Do you think it to... works? I don't think so.
1: <laughs> All right, maybe next time.
0: We'll we'll keep cracking away. <laughs> well, Suki, thanks once again for um appearing on the Hoosie podcast, but before you go, would you like to tell everybody where they can find the um the three podcasts that you're um Yes, the three that podcasts in. that
1: I misheard you were saying at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> I do apologize. Yes, you can find me on the main one which is Proctory podcast and that's with at currently at the moment me, Mark, John and Craig. But as Mark's about to leave in the next episode, we will be bringing on Bob and Cliff. Uh, Then also on the same Proctoroo feed, you've got Take Your Seats podcast, which should be cranking up again in the next couple of weeks, uh, where we discuss, me and John discuss sci-fi movies uh, that you want to come on and talk about. And it's always a positive thing. We don't try and go negative on them. So if there's a, a film that you would love to discuss, a sci-fi film you'd love to discuss, just get in touch with me or John and we will schedule you one. And then finally, you've got the Star Trek Discovery podcast. Well, currently it's the Star Trek Discovery podcast because we're following each episode of Discovery and that's the Trek This Out podcast and that's with myself, John and Bob plus also Andrea and Lindsay. And that's a fun little uh, podcast that we do just, just talking all about Star Trek. Once this season of Discovery is finished, we are then going to go on to various other aspects of Star Trek, including the animated show, which is going to be on, I think, Amazon Prime in a few weeks' time. So we will be discussing that as well. Uh, I think that's it. (laughs) Well, I think there's pl- plenty
0: to be getting on with there, everybody. Um, and I do recommend please go and subscribe to the Proctor Who feed. Um, I say it's very, very entertaining show. All, all the shows that Suki's mentioned there are all very entertaining. And uh, I do highly recommend you go and subscribe, download, and listen. There we go. So, anyway, that just wraps up this little commentary episode. So, once again, Suki, thanks very much no problem lad no problem no no problem no problem and thanks again everybody at home and we'll see you next time
1: bye
0: Thanks for listening. If you don't want to miss a show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and if you have time, leave us a quick review also. You can also subscribe to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts or Amazon Music and don't forget to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you want to leave us feedback, you can do this through Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast and also through the Who's He Podcast Facebook group. You can find all these links on our website who's hyphen he hyphenpodcast.co.uk